Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we take a look at what the Blue Bombers have planned as part of the virtual Grey Cup week. Darren Cameron from the club will fill us in. And also the state of football in Canada with the president of Football Canada on the podcast. Coming up next week, it is Grey Cup Unite starting on Monday. It's what normally would be the Grey Cup week, but since there is no Grey Cup, the CFL is putting on a lot of virtual events. And as with every Grey Cup week, every team has its own special events, including your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So to talk about what they've got in store, we're joined by Senior Director of Public and Player Relations, Darren Cameron. Darren, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Christian. How are you doing? I'm doing well. First of all, how are you uh, coping right now, November, without football? A bittersweet, though, because you're able to look back at what was the 2019 run to the Cup? Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of media requests and media stories done about the, about the run last year, and obviously that's been, it's been pretty special to, to read all that stuff and, and look back. Um, you know, I know Global's going to have a, a, big, a big thing they did with, with a bunch of our players and coaches uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, I mean, it's been tough. Uh, to be honest, uh, I really miss the game, miss the miss everything about the uh, about the CFL playoffs, and and I know I'm certain certainly not alone in that in that thought. So uh, it's tough. It's certainly tough times for for everybody. Uh, certainly not just people in in sports uh, worldwide. Absolutely. So uh, coming up next Friday is the first of the events the Bombers are a part of. There's always mm-hmm. we'll start with the the concert because there's always the touchdown Manitoba celebration as part of Great Cup Week, and there's always live music, but You've got yourself a, a musician on the team, and he's he's going to be putting on a show. Yeah, Andrew Wolitarski. Uh, he'll do a he'll do a concert, a virtual concert. Um, how the, how this how this Great Cup United is working is is you can you can register and and uh, and click into the click into to the to a virtual hall, so to speak, and then enter whatever event uh, you want to you you know you want to see at that time throughout the week. So. Uh, Drew, Drew will start for us. We have a bunch of media events going on throughout the week. Coach O'Shea does. We'll do a, a coach's press conference. Uh, Zach Claros will be our player rep. Um, there's a there, there's, there's a variety of things going on a racial racial justice uh, roundtable with Jackson Jeff Cote. and as you mentioned, Drew Walterski will kick it off on Friday with a. This is a, this isn't a joke. This is no joke. He's a very good he's a very good musician. He's very talented. Um, and uh, we, you know, I've seen him play personally quite a few times, and, and, and it's fa- it's pretty fantastic stuff. So uh, he'll he'll play for about an hour. Uh, not quite like you said, not quite like a touchdown Manitoba, but uh, trying to do our best to, to replicate it as much as possible. Well, we've had Drew on the show before. He's played music on our airways before. Yeah. He was part of a virtual concert uh, earlier in the year, yeah. and I remember watching that, and it was very good. Is he going to be again kind of a mix of his own songs and some cover songs? Uh, well, you know what? He kind of he kind of does his own thing, so I'll I'll, I'll leave it to uh, I'll leave it to him to see what he's going to do. The honest answer is I don't know, so okay, uh, we'll have to just wait and see. But he's uh, he, he's really good. I you know oh, the yeah. first time I went to see him it was uh, a couple of years ago, uh, and he was it, it blew me away. Honestly, he's 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 pretty he's pretty phenomenal. So uh, that'll start it off for us, and hopefully uh, lead into a a good weekend for not just our team, but for for all the fans across the league and all the teams. So. Now you've also got some uh, some roundtable stuff on Friday as well with a number of the the offensive members the the virtual huddle. This is something that you've been doing as a team for for a lot of this. Uh, I, I I don't want to call it off season because this is when the, the season is supposed to be. But over the last few months, you've had these virtual huddles where 
uh, members of the team or past members of the team, alumni, gather to just talk. Yeah, yeah, and, and they've gone. They, they, they've been very popular. So, uh, and, and this group of uh, the O line and Andrew, and, and in this case Zach, I think Zach did one with with the receivers earlier in the year. Or you know what's funny, Christian and I have the same the same issue. I don't know what to call this time period or what season this is. So, uh, yeah. So so those guys will those guys will do that uh, on Friday at noon. Um, just talk about how how everything's going for them personally and, and probably. Certainly, look back on on the the playoff run and um, what would be the the West final, I guess, coming up this weekend. So, uh, Andrew Andrew Harris, Pat Newfelt, Marcus Hardrick, Stanley Bryan, and Zach Claros will do that. Uh, Michael Couture uh, would have would have joined. He's just unable to do that time slot. So, um, we'll uh, we'll roll with those guys, and and uh, they do a great job. As uh, all of our players have been phenomenal doing doing those roundtables. They've been really popular, and, and as you mentioned, we did some with some alumni as well. <clears throat> so uh, looking forward to, to hearing what those guys have to say for sure. And then on uh, November 21st, you're going to be a part of uh, a live recording of your podcast that you launched this podcast during this year, right? Yeah, we, we did it. Uh, we started, I think, in May. Um, just, you know, just, just it originally started and, and still does just to it goes out to our to our season ticket members first. Um, just an opportunity to for them to get some to get some you know additional content and some some kind of behind the scenes look uh, looks at things and 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 the guests that have come on have been awesome. It's not your really your X's and O's type stuff. It's certainly more so telling stories and and uh, some things that you know you may not hear in in the general kind of mainstream mainstream media type stuff. And and the guys have been great. So um, Al Couture is going to come on and do, and, and talk about. You know, kind of his career, our head, our head of our medical department, and and Al's got uh, years and years of of some pretty funny stuff that that uh, that's come along over the course of time, and and he does obviously a phenomenal job for our for our organization. So uh, we'll do that on on uh, on Saturday, and uh, myself and Ed and uh, and Al, and uh, we'll see where it goes. He's uh, Al's a character. He did, not a lot of people know much about him, but uh, he takes care of our players and was a massive massive. Uh, uh, part and uh, reason why Chris Stravler was able to to play in the playoffs last year. <clears throat> so we'll talk about that and, and probably a lot more. It's called handled internally. Did you come up with the name? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Ed Ed Tate actually came up with the name. <clears throat> that was my first season with the Bombers. So um, you know, I obviously kind of lived through that time period. And uh, yeah, Ed came up with it. Uh, at first, it was shut down because Wade Wade Miller, uh, our boss and our CEO, obviously uh, originally didn't really take to it, but we kind of we kind of pushed him on it, and you know it's kind of just a, just a play on words, so to speak. But uh, we've also talked to Mike Kelly about it as well, <clears throat> and uh, it's all good with him. So kind of just uh, trying to lighten the mood these days because everybody can use that. Fair enough. How do you enjoy? you know, being behind the mic now instead of being the guy kind of watching other people well, be behind the mic. It's cer- yeah, it's certainly different. Um, I don't necessarily really know what I'm doing. You know, Ed, Ed certainly uh, is a big help there. But again, it, a lot of, you know, a lot of the guys that have come on so far are guys that I've spent a long time with that, you know, again, we're not talking about, um, you know, most of it's not, well, you had a hundred yards in this game or you, you know, you, you know, you threw three touchdowns in this game. It's more so, you know things that that wouldn't generally come up. So, you know, I, I certainly have a good memory for that stuff. Stuff, and we've we've uh, you know we've lived through some some crazy times with this organization over the course of, you know, for me, twelve years. So, uh, 
it, it, they've been fun, and I, I enjoy it. I don't know, you know, I'm not sure uh, how good we're doing. I think seem, people seem to enjoy it, but uh, the guests have been great, and they're the guys that they're the guys that make the whole thing. I mean, it's the the, the credit goes to them for for being able to tell the stories the way they do. They're, it's been awesome. And the final piece of the Bombers Grey Cup Unite puzzle is coming up on Sunday, November 22nd, which would have been the date of the Grey Cup. But instead, you guys will be re-watching the 2019 game, and it's going to kind of be like you're watching a DVD with the, the director's commentary. You're going to have players commenting live as the game is rebroadcast. Yeah, so that's kind of still being worked on on who's going to do that, but but we're certainly going to have guys uh, come on throughout, throughout the game and talk about um, you know their, their thoughts of certain plays, uh, certain sequences in the game, and obviously, um, you know their, how, how things were unfolding throughout the course of uh, of the game last year, and and, and that'll be neat. I mean, you know, those guys <clears throat> um, have a unique, a very unique perspective. It, you know, whether whether it's myself or or you know the coaches, anybody can come on and talk about you know talk about the game. But they're not, you know, we're not out there living it with them, so. Uh, it's cool to hear their perspective, and and uh, I'm sure they'll do a great job. We've got a great, a really good, great group of players, and um, you know, I know uh, for for me, they make my life easy. Uh, being able to to ask them to do things, and they're always willing to do it, and uh, uh, I really, you know, I really appreciate that. And again, for people that that want to take part in all these activities, where do they go? Well, so you can go to our website, uh, bluebombers.com, and. Uh, There'll be a link there under the great uh, on the Great Cup Unite story. You just register and uh, it'll it'll take you in. And and once the events kick off, uh, you can you'll be able to sign up, sign in, go go in, go into the, the virtual hall and uh, make your way around and go to certain events. And all the times, all the times for our events are on our website. And uh, you know we'll uh, we'll direct you through social media as well throughout the throughout the course of next week. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be you know it's been a tough as we mentioned off the top. It's been a tough tough time for everybody hopefully we can do our best to enjoy this uh, as best as possible Canadian leaders in football came together for part one of a two-part Canadian football summit meeting series remotely throughout the month of October. Leadership from Football Canada, Canadian Football League, Canadian Junior Football League, U Sports, leadership from the four conferences that are part of U Sports, all part of the first of the two-round meeting series. And now uh, here to tell us how it went, why the summit happened, is the president of Football Canada, Jim Mullen, joining us from BC. Uh, Jim, thanks for doing this. How long has this summit been in the works? Well, it had been discussed for a number of years uh, at the Football Canada level, and we had uh, the odd discussion with the Canadian Football League about it uh, over the last two years or so. But it really came into focus for us as we started to chart our way through the pandemic. And it became clear to me that the discussions that we were having in and around the game were different than at any other time that I've been associated with the game. And what I mean by that is, is that in our game, uh, we have a very uh, siloed culture. Uh, one group does one thing over here. The university guys do another thing over here. The junior guys are over there, the high school guys, and it goes down the line. And that's, led to a very uh, splintered sport in terms of being able to be cohesive and move together uh, in, a, in a constructive way. All those walls started to come down between those groups as they were looking for answers in and around the game. 
and I felt that it was our opportunity to uh, move into the space, try to provide some leadership, and uh, starting with the national bodies across the board, the Canadian Football League, Canadian Junior Football League, U Sports, and their conferences and ourselves, uh, just to see what we uh, are duplicating between each other, where we can be more efficient, because certainly we're going to be coming out of a out of a pandemic at some point in time where we're going to be working with less resources and probably fewer numbers. So how do we become more efficient in terms of the way we organize and what can we focus on moving forward? And I should say, this is just the first part of a summit series. Uh, we've got another one coming up in January that'll drill down more into into some regional concerns like the development of high school football across the country, uh, like flag football, which I think is the future of the game uh, when it comes to youth football, and, uh, and and a few other items like like women's football and diversity in the sport. So, what was accomplished in October? Uh, we uh, produced uh, five uh, points that will uh, that will come out in a press release sometime next week. But I can I can hint towards what uh, what those five points are that uh, that we're going to pursue jointly together. Um, one of them is that the uh, U Sports teams and the CJFL teams will take. Uh, a leading role in, in youth uh, football development through some of our programs. I think that should activate about 15,000 kids uh, into the game at, at an in- introductory point uh, nationwide every year that will really help grow our base. Uh, on, a, on another level, we talked about uh, how we have a common season together in amateur football uh, across the board, whether it's uh, the East-West Bowl that happens uh, in Central Canada, whether it's our World Championships for, for Team Canada, uh, whether it's the Canada Cup, whether it's the Vanier Cup, the Canadian Bowl, uh, how do we work together to promote all of those across the board uh, in, in a more constructive way, and how do we monetize those paths as well? Um, the, the other uh, item that, that we hope to give uh, leadership to that is, a, that is a recommendation is to get the Canadian Bowl and the Vanier Cup together uh, at the end of the year. And if that can be done with the Grey Cup, that's a great thing. If the schedules don't line up, the CFL can still play a prominent role uh, through one of its teams in terms of hosting a, a, a year-end uh, a weekend that's based around uh, national championships. Uh, in in amateur football the other thing that we're excited about is that our our structure was such that organizations like the cjfl and youth sports and even the cfl weren't even members of football canada that is now uh, a resolution that that we're in the process of changing where they're coming in as members so the key thing to all of this is that uh, in comparison to other summits where large groups met created resolutions and then went all their own separate ways and nothing was done. Now we have a place once every two months where we're coming together, getting progress reports, uh, checking in with each other, staying on track so we can achieve these objectives and build on top of those objectives collectively and together. Because I know in the past you mentioned all the different levels of football and they kind of all operate on their own. Especially, you look at the CFL and U Sports, like the two highest levels of football in this country, and there was always seemingly 
a disconnect between the two. And as a consumer of football, I always felt that the Vanier Cup was like ignored almost by the CFL, and it should be almost part of the overall spectacle of Canadian football that is normally what November is all about with this sport in Canada. Oh, I agree 100%. And as the director of the 2011 game, uh, which was the first game to fully integrate itself into a Grey Cup week of festivities, uh, where we sold out the lower bowl at BC Place Stadium, where we had 1.1 million people uh, watch the game nationwide on TV and also provided probably the best college game that happened in the 20th century in Canada. Uh, between uh, McMaster and Lavelle. I, I, I know that when you play that on the same weekend in a Grey Cup city, that you can have tremendous impact with that game and pull a football community together across the country. Uh, that's one of the great things about uh, university football is it, 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 it is the coast-to-coast league. It does have teams in Atlanta, Canada. It does have teams in the townships of Quebec and Quebec City and then places like Saskatoon as well. So so it, it, it has tremendous reach, and I think there's synergy that hasn't been capitalized upon between uh, the CJFL, pardon me, the CFL and, and, uh, and U Sports. Now, is that something that the two of them need to work out together? Sure. Is there a role for uh, the uh, the NSO, the National Sports Organization, to play a leadership role to bring everybody to the table so we can have those discussions about how we can make it happen, what the resources are, what the schedules are, what all those details are that the public doesn't see that we need to work out. Yeah, that's what our role is, to make sure that this happens for the betterment of the sport. Now, you mentioned flag football is the future of youth sports, and that's ultimately a big part of what you do at football Canada and what is trying to be accomplished through this is it goes all the way down to the, the grassroots level. How can flag football be enhanced in this country? I think flag football is a sport that is waiting for a shift in the, in the culture around the, the sport of football. I think there's a, a number of uh, minor associations uh, and amateur programs out there that are still solely focused on the tackle game. And I, I think one of the shifts that, that, that is going to uh, open up the game uh, for flag is the LA Olympic games in 2028, where there is a, a very vibrant discussion going on with the organizing committee about bringing flag football into those games as a as a demonstration sport or as a host sport. Um, there's certainly NFL influence uh, surrounding that. The NFL is uh, focused on development and development through flag. They're putting a lot of resources into it. I think the CFL sees the importance for it as well. Um, when you take a look at our um, long-term uh, athlete development uh program that we put together at football Canada to apply nationally. What it does is, is it trains the athlete at a young age, prior to the age of 12, basic football skills. And then as that, as that, uh, as that athlete progresses uh, through the system, if they want to make the choice or if their parents want to make the choice of crossing over to, to contact football, they can, and they are equipped with all the basic skills to, to, to take it up to the next level or stay with flag football. But with 
the potential of flag football being an Olympic sport, I think that's where the big shift is going to happen in and around the game. And I think it's a perfect companion to the, uh, to the contact game as well. Because I'm sure you've encountered people, parents, kids, whoever it is, that are worried about concussions, about injuries. Football, obviously, a very violent sport. There's no getting around that. But they, you still get the high skill level and the high competition. And maybe players don't end up playing any contact. They just play flag for a long time. And they still enjoy, they're not going to make the CFL probably playing flag their whole life. But still, they can have a lot of fun. Well, and that's one of the important things uh, I think that flag brings to brings to the game of football is that, you know, I think there's a recognition in the contact game that it's not a forever game, that at some point you're going to leave the game, either in high school or in university, or if you're lucky enough to and worked hard enough to become a professional player, it ends at some point. Flag football is not a sport that needs to end. You can play it until you're a senior. Uh, you can play it when you're a kid. You can always have that relationship uh, with, with, with the game of football. And I think that, that, that's one of the things uh, that I think is very important for the development of the game and the shifting culture uh, around the game. It, it really is the future. It, it's the, I think it's the uh, equivalent uh, when you take a look at the age age under 12 of, of kids soccer uh, in terms of being an accessible game, being a fun game, uh, even being a recreational game. So, you know, staying with flag football, especially if there's national teams to go to, if there's international competition to go to, I think a, a number of the athletes that we catch in our game will stay solely in, in the flag discipline. And there's nothing wrong with that. All right, so before I let you go, Jim, the plan is for next week to have a more formal formal rollout of what you talked about in October and then more meetings coming up in the new year? Yeah, and I think one of the biggest uh, concerns that I personally have is the future of high school football. Um, certainly as we've gone through COVID, um, we've seen some of the challenges uh, across the country uh, with uh, high school decision makers. Uh, versus uh, uh, our sport that's in the community where where the community level of the sport's been able to go. And high school in many areas has not gone because of those liability issues. Um, it, 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 it's uh, part of the sport that I think is uh, uh, the lifeblood of, of, uh, of producing players up to the next levels, be it junior, be it university, and we, we've seen those numbers in decline uh, at, uh, at, the, uh, at the high school level in Ontario, especially uh, through the Atlantic provinces. In the West, the numbers still remain healthy. But, you know, we, we, ha- we have to take a, a, a different approach to that level of the sport because, quite frankly, in, in three of the largest provinces playing the game, they're not a part of Football Canada. So we want to bring those voices in and try to come up with some solutions on a national basis to, 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 and a strategy where we can start turning the, the curve the other way when it comes to high school football in this country. Jim, I appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this, and uh, good luck with the summits. Anytime, Christian, and we can, uh, we can talk uh, after the uh, second part of the summit as well. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. 
It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?